Hey, it's Jake. Thank you so much for checking out our pilot season of what was at the time called Chloe and Jake Have Questions. This season was recorded in 2020. We had a slightly different format. Uh, We hope that the episodes are just as important, just as fun now as they were back then. Um, I'm just reflecting on this episode. We touch on the pandemic, which felt like we were sort of progressing through. We'd recorded this episode in early November 2020. We're based in Melbourne. We'd just been through a quite a long lockdown. And as I record this to you now, we're in lockdown again. So really, everything changes and everything stays the same. Anyway, keep that in mind. We hope you enjoy this episode. New episodes of our new season out every Thursday, right here, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, it is. Welcome to Chloe and Jake Have Questions, a podcast that has taken, I think, two years in the making. I think, um, yeah, about that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a long build-up uh, for this to happen. So, yes. w- w- welcome along. This is very much a pilot episode. This is very much going to be a bit rough and ready. Allegedly, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You wouldn't necessarily know it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. It's been on the news a bit. Uh, just a smidge. Just a smidge. It's kind of it's kind of a hot button topic, and so I think for the first episode, given it is so all encompassing, let's kind of address the elephant in the room and have a bit of a chat and see how we're feeling now that things are supposedly returning or or, or progressing to a COVID normal. Yeah. Um, a phrase that I absolutely despise. <laughs> I hate it as well. I literally only saw it today, and I was like, I don't like that we could just say literally anything else you're very lucky i'm i I don't know how you must have avoided the news because it's it's been everywhere it's been all the government like from both state and federal here that that phrase covid normal has been in so many different announcements and documents and roadmaps and things and it's like yeah what does that actually mean like (laughs) what does it mean it doesn't have to be on like a deep level but just like genuinely everything has changed along the way so quickly and so, you know, significantly, the idea of a, of a consistent normal to me is really strange because we haven't had that, I don't think, for yeah. most of this year. Pretty much. I do definitely try to avoid the news at all costs because I'm not, I'm just A, not a big fan of it because it's definitely majority negativity and I like to focus on the things that are going right in life because if I focus too hard on the stuff that's going poorly I would be in a bit of trouble I think but yeah I mainly get my like information about COVID from like random Facebook posts from like my auntie (laughs) that's where I get my info we had a few people because the way this podcast works I feel like I should have started with that in the introduction (laughs) how this podcast works is before each episode we ask you three questions on our Instagram story at Chloe and Jake pod which you'll be able to see right now Uh, and we we put them to you the listener Uh, you can share your answers with us and we'll be discussing them in detail on this podcast as well as of course our own thoughts the first question was did you feel forced to pick a side And a few different people had different interpretations of this, which is good because I I, I left it broad because for me, it means a few different things. I was thinking more in terms of of politics and the fact that there seemed to be a particular, I I guess, a partisan approach to this, at least here in Victoria, where it was one side, the government had this particular view, which is we needed to lock down and we needed to make difficult decisions. And the other side, which is lockdown is bad 
And then when the government's not locking down hard enough or quickly enough, the lockdown is good, you need to do more of it. And they were absolutely flipping and flopping the whole time. Yeah, pretty much. And I don't know what your experience was like, but the reason I asked this bit, like for that that, that reason anyway, was I felt like, not in the middle of those, but I certainly was the view of, I, I don't feel like I'm necessarily going to cheerlead for the state government here. Yeah, I think like... My father is indeed a hippie and he grew up in the 70s and he just, it's a whole thing. He has dreadlocks. Anyways, um, (laughs) he always taught me to be suspicious of the government. Like the government is not on your side. The government is on their side and that's it. And so I never was like, I'm not one to be like, the government is right. They're doing the right thing. They're doing everything correctly for us. But in this situation, I was kind of like, who, well, who knows what the right thing is to do? Because I can certainly form my own opinions, but that doesn't make me a scientist. That doesn't make me an expert on COVID. And that doesn't make anyone in the government an expert on COVID. Like, we don't have enough necessary information. And that was like my experience with being forced to pick a side is I was like, okay, I'm going to inform myself as much as I possibly can, but I'm not being like... We stand Dan Andrews. We love him. Oh, my God. King. My king. But I also wasn't like, we hate Dan Andrews and he needs to literally, like the people who were leaving, who left Boots in front of the house where his father's funeral was held. Like, Stay classy. Stay absolutely classy. What? Someone explain a thought pattern like that to me. I couldn't understand. But, you know. To reach their own, everyone's entitled to an opinion. I think I think it's very, it's pretty much it's really I guess an eloquent way of putting it. Like I've, we had one response that was essentially, I felt it was hard to be supportive of lockdown without being that Dan stand. And yeah. I, aside from my gripe about the fact that the media insist on calling him Dan, um, his name <laughs> is Daniel. But like that that is an, as an aside. I I think just. <laughs> It becomes a culture of, pers- of of personalities. It becomes about him versus the I can't even remember the state opposition leader's name. Michael O'Brien. That's it. Right. So it becomes Dan versus Michael, and this is how it plays out in the media. And then the federal government's kind of on the state opposition side, and so then it becomes Scomo versus Dan. Mm-hmm. And it's like there are lots of people who have died because of decisions that both the state and federal government have made. Yeah. And I think pitting them off as a sort of choose between one of these things is really, really flawed. And I certainly know that uh, from some of the, I, I would apply the label anarchist to describe your your father by all, yeah, by all that I've that heard of him. Label as well, <laughs> right? Well, I say the, the thing that I've read from a, from a lot of anarchist thought, and I, not that I'm a massive scholar of it, but from a few people I follow online, the trend pretty much seems to be exactly right. Is this is where the state has failed? And the, the state being both the state of Victoria, but also the state of the nation of Australia. Yeah. The, the state fails its citizens by allowing this to spread to such an extent, and then it becomes this political partisan thing. Um, and it's kind of sad. It's very sad. It's Yeah, definitely. And I think the other thing to sort of, in terms of picking a side, and, and you touched on it as well, is being able to say balance between what is factual, what is new, and what is misinformation in an era where things are changing rapidly. And we saw that with the World Health Organization, the advice on masks had 
changed slightly between yeah. March and uh, I think a um, May or June it was when they, yeah. they've essentially shifted. I, my interpretation of it, and I will edit this out if this is incorrect, um, <laughs> and if you're hearing this now, it isn't. Um, <laughs> I, I believe that what the, the had changed over the time was something to do with, I think like they, their modelling was based upon if people wear masks, they're going to be less vigilant of you know, distancing. And yeah. Perhaps that's the case, and I feel like we're going to have a really good case study of that now, like anecdotally, now that restrictions yeah. have eased in in Melbourne, in, in a city and in a state where there are mandatory masks, like you have to wear a mask out at the moment. So you, I, I think that probably is, is true to some extent. But mm-hmm. then the, the, that also that other difficulty, and it also plays into the first part of the question, which is how how do you essentially get like a science that is based upon fact and logic into a world where people don't act the way you necessarily expect them to. Going back to what you said, the well, what the person answered about you couldn't feel like you were being supportive without being a Dan Stan. I literally had like an online confrontation with someone because, well, with multiple people because um, I posted something. It was the, the article that was like, 200 something doctors say that we shouldn't be in lockdown and I posted it and I was like read this inform yourselves do not use it to spread hate to whoever use it to say okay I know this information now and I can form an opinion and everyone was like okay stop being up Dan's asshole and I was like I'm not actually (laughs) I was showing it to you to inform other people people who see my story i was choosing to inform them with information that i was informed with that helped me create a new opinion and evolve my opinion because i'm allowed to do that actually (laughs) surprisingly you can't you're allowed to start off the lockdown being like i love dan andrews and end it being like "Mm, i'm not too sure about the guy he's all right maybe i don't know I think the the biggest issue fundamentally with that is that you essentially end up idolizing the person that you like most. Yeah. No matter who it is. And so mm-hmm. we get to the stage now where an Australian, you know, I guess they're a DJ group in the ARIA charts <laughs> with a, a remix of a Daniel Andrews speech. Yeah. I think that's really depressing. I Like the fact that that's – because that's not done in a way that's like – that's not satire. That's not. That doesn't say anything. That's yeah. just wholesale embracing of someone. And I guess when that, like, after the fact, after they've stopped being in power, it's a bit different. But when they're in power, it, I don't know. It just yeah. feels a bit grotty to me. I, I don't know. Well, I found that as well, and I was like, um, "There's the one video, and this is." I kind of fell in love with Dan Andrews in his like press conferences. Just his personality. I was like, I want to know this guy. I want to meet him. I want to hang out with him. I want to have lunch with his son. That's what I felt like. <laughs> because the the clip of him and he was like, people were asking him why intimate partners didn't have to wear masks when they were together. <laughs> and there was like the like, the sexy music behind him. Oh, Kale's whisper, yes. I don't need to explain the idea of intimate relationships to you i was like dan the man we love you he's like tell me he didn't keep a sense of humor that's what i loved i was like he really he knew that people were making fun of him and he was like this is how it's going to be okay i think too one of the other sort of divisions of the pick aside is between it felt like a lot between politics or politicians and those in power and the government and the media and mm. I've had many conversations with people and I've talked about this on other podcasts and I've talked about this online. 
I, I, as someone who, I, I, there are problems with all. There, this isn't again a dichotomy of good versus evil. There are flawed people on both in both sides of this. Yeah, and mistakes have been made and terrible decisions that have led to, in the the most extreme cases, people dying. In the case of the media, they've definitely fueled a lot of this protesting that we've seen. And the fact now that there's anti lockdown protests after a lot of lockdown restrictions have eased. Yeah, the media egg that on. They don't have to rock up. They could just exactly. not show up. If you if you had this moral viewpoint of this is a bad thing as an outlet, you just wouldn't be there. Yeah. Instead, it helps fuel them, give you know, fuels them clicks, gives them attention. It it's exactly that that sort of it, it it's self fulfilling, and the media love it. And yeah, and of course. It's it's very it sucks because you know we we, we don't <laughs> yeah. end up better informed because we've seen some people going down to the shrine protesting. No, we, it absolutely yeah. just creates more of a divide between people, and that's like I felt that so much. I was like when it comes to like picking a side we have even in just our answers the sides are completely split down the middle basically for at least for my answers it was like half the people were like I don't understand what sides you're talking about and those are the type of people who were like well I just made my opinion I'm not I wasn't basing on anything but basically it's just split down the middle everyone's like oh I did I didn't I did I didn't and those like, I felt like that as well. Is I was like, I feel like everyone felt like that. Like, what sides are there and why do we have to pick sides? And why can't I just form an opinion and not and not have the media scrutinize it and social media and, like, the people around me be like, well, you're picking Dan. You love Dan Andrews. I don't love Dan Andrews. I think his personality is great. I'd love to meet him. <laughs> but I think it's, like, just... I don't understand why we had to pick a side, but the media was just dividing everyone and it was like straight down the middle and there was no, you were either hoarding toilet paper or you were stupid. <laughs> like, I don't know, there was just like, there was I feel, so I feel like that wasn't so quite the, the sides that people were talking about necessarily, the toilet paper versus stupid people. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean that's what the media said. That's what the media said. It, it was good watching them try and stir up the, um, I think it was when the second lot of res- lockdown restrictions were brought yeah. in and trying to stir up the whole, oh, there's going to be a run on meat. And then there were in like two or three supermarkets and that was yeah, it because and it wasn't that bad. There was no supply was like shortage of meat. Like, like there was no supply shortage of toilet paper. <laughs> Everyone was petrified because the media was like, it's going to happen again. We saw it once. Well, it plays into their business model. They get clicks off people being scared. They don't get yeah. clicks off people being happy. And Absolutely. You know, the thing that I've said to, to a lot of people is that you, you go and see group of people we make a value judgment you know group of idiots go and protest for example mm-hmm. that is a that's a news story but millions of people don't protest isn't a news story yeah and so actually. most people do the right thing isn't news mm-hmm. and so the headlines that they'll run with is all the fear-mongering and stuff for a number yeah. of reasons including just logistically because it's easier to cover something that is happening than something that isn't <laughs> yeah. people have, have rightly pointed out using the phrase normal and also the phrase returning to normal is a strong word. Yeah. Um, what, what will that normal look like? Uh, the question that I put out there, how do you feel about returning to normal? The common thread for a lot of people was anxiety and stress and worry. Yeah. I found that 
as well. And I was surprised because a lot of the people that I've been talking to, at least like a lot of my friends are like, they're just excited. They're like, I want to go out. I want to see my friends. I want to hang out with people. Like I've been stuck inside every single day for months and I've only been seeing my family or I've only been seeing my boyfriend or whatever for so long that I need to like get out and I need to see people. So seeing people respond with like, I'm so stressed. I'm so scared. I'm so anxious. I was like, okay, vibe, because I'm terrified, like absolutely terrified. I wish that I could have asked every individual person, like, what are you anxious about? Because I can understand it in two different ways of like anxious about a third wave coming, because that is like makes complete sense. And I've seen some people on the internet making up random statistics, like there's only a 3% chance of us going into a third wave and I'm like where's where's your facts someone give me a fact about how there's only a three percent chance I don't understand that but I was very stressed about that as well especially now obviously we're in the stage of like having zero cases for multiple days but at the beginning when we had zero cases everyone was like well we might as well just open up now if we have one day with zero cases we might as well just open up all our doors and let's all go hang out and not social distance and whatever And I was like, oh, a third wave is going to happen. I need to stay inside my house. Like, I cannot leave. I will get sick. Which is also, like, definitely very hypochondriac of me. (laughs) But I also take anxious as, like, I don't know how to speak to people anymore. Yeah, right. I know. I don't know how to leave my house. I don't know how to converse with people. I don't know how to convey joy i don't know how to do any of that it's been really fascinating for a number of reasons and i i i point to like one of the things is i've got a lot of friends interstate and i've had you know constant communication with them for for different things and for their their life like they live in perth so they've pretty much had normality for most of they you know they had the initial you know same sort of month two months like everyone else did and their lives have been pretty much normal since. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the border's been closed, but as long as you're not really going anywhere, it doesn't affect yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, communicating with them and being, you know, especially when the second wave hit and, like, we have to go through this again. And I was in one of those postcodes, and I, I don't know about you, but one of those initial postcodes in Melbourne that had to get locked down first because the numbers were really high. And yeah. I think in in our area there was – I can't remember exactly what the outbreak in our area was, but essentially put the community transmission spread was quite low. It was a, it was a I think it was either a school or an aged care cluster. But yeah, right. they chose to do that. So in suburbs like mine, we have had 13 weeks of lockdown. Yeah. The second time around. Most of Melbourne's had 12. Um, obviously, the, the 13 weeks and then there was the – in the middle of that, there was the public housing towers were also locked down. And I think yeah, it was yeah, right. Flemington and uh, Kensington were added to those postcodes as well. So, mm-hmm. we've been in this. For, for people who aren't from Melbourne and, and perhaps don't really understand, don't have the context, we've been in this second wave lockdown for 12 weeks, some of us longer. And now we're at a point where for eight days in a row, we've had no new cases. The 14-day rolling average of COVID cases is 0.9 per day. So we've come from, we had at a peak, it was something like 700 new cases a day. Yeah. And that was at the point where, where we were the tracking was higher than the UK. And now you compare the two and it's like, well, yeah, that's like quite a comparison. Yeah. 
so uh, I suppose that on that on that sort of front, it it feels like we've made a lot of progress, and I can kind of understand why people are ready to get back into it. Firstly, just because people, are, and this isn't not a this is not said as a judgment, but people are impatient. The nature of I yeah. think all of us is we're we're busy. We we don't know how to slow down. I know I've tried to a lot over this period, and it's been so hard to just mm-hmm. focus and slow down and take things as they come. Um, so that so on, there's there's that sort of of part to it is that people are impatient, but also yeah. because we we've earned it, we've worked hard, we've all again most of us have done the right thing, we've done what we've needed to do, and mm-hmm. I think as a, as people we've gone and kicked this thing in the butt, really exactly, and, and well yeah. it's like it's just exciting to say well we've seen all of the protests in the media and we've seen all of the people on social media talking about how much they hate dan andrews and how much they hate lockdown and people posting parties that they've had and not obviously not social distance gatherings that they've had during lockdown and you get angry and you're like i'm not like i'm not going through this again because of you i'm not doing that because i'm doing the right thing i'm staying home i'm not seeing anyone i'm not seeing my family i'm not hugging people like i'm not going through all of this again especially like the amount of people who have missed their birthdays this year i feel so bad for them because birthdays are like a very big thing in my family and in most people's families like birthdays are a big thing and it's important to celebrate and it's important to celebrate yourself so I was like, my birthday's in January. That's a long way away. But we said that in March. We said, oh, June's ages away. We're going to be fine by then. And then all of my friends who had birthdays in June didn't get to celebrate their birthdays. And I'm like, I'm not going through this again. I'm not doing it. I want to celebrate my 21st birthday. I want to have my family and friends there. And I'm entitled to that. So don't try to take it away from me. Like I was mad. And now I'm like, oh, I see that the people that I saw doing those things were such the minority. Like they were not the people like, yes, they're the people who cause the most damage, but there isn't enough damage. There wasn't like enough people out to damage, if that makes sense. And what I think to go back to the first point of like picking sides, I feel like part of that sort of exacerbated the issue that you were talking about. Um, And I know that a lot of people who are much more intelligent than me have made excellent points as to where community spread for COVID has come from and essentially put all the structural societal issues that we have that haven't changed over the course of the last seven, eight months. Mm -hmm. Those problems are still there. They very much may cause it. That may lead to a third wave. And so to go for the the media, for people and the media to, to sort of focus on the people who do break the rules as you know, yes, you shouldn't break the rules. However, to hyper-focus on that as opposed to, for example, let's say meat works with really poor ventilation or casualized yeah. workforce who have to go to multiple jobs to make ends meet and so have a better, have a higher risk of transmitting things because they're, yeah. they're, they're going more places. And that was essentially the science, I think, behind the lockdown is to reduce people's movement. And so there is there is less of that community, or less risk of that community spread. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think you're, you're more than valid to sort of want out (laughs) yeah (laughs) i had a moment of wanting out i had a full when the when the easing the on the the easing was going to be on the wednesday i think but it was going to be announced on the sunday yeah and then they went on the sunday and they teased it all week and then on the sunday they went we need to check for this new cluster 
which is totally reasonable, totally rational, yeah. makes perfect sense. Absolutely. But the fact that it was hyped up that this is going to be good news coming on Sunday. Yeah. And then and as recently as the Friday before, I noticed on the Saturday they changed their tune a bit. But on the Sunday, they come out and basically crush everyone's hopes and dreams. Yeah. And I... It was. I don't know why, and maybe this is just me. And I'm. I've. I've had conversations with people who are qualified to deal with this sort of thing, and um, <laughs> it's still a little bit inconclusive. But certainly, the feeling a little bit more isolated, and isolating has been a really common theme. Like I, I, just reading through some of the answers, like there's a really good one here about talking about social anxiety and how the fact that this person has like their social anxiety has gotten worse over the the lockdown <laughs> period, and so they were they were stressing about going back to normal and. That while they found that okay so far, I certainly relate from that. And as someone yeah. who started work in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> that was like a thing. It was like, I've gone from not leaving the house since about mm-hmm. March to now I have to leave and do things. And it's it's been a good stepping stone, but still feeling very isolated at the same time as people are celebrating this whole, oh, we're going to go back to normal. You know, and it was, it was actually the, the tipping point wasn't the Sunday. It was the Monday when the, the changes were actually announced. Yeah. Everyone was excited. They were going to go out. They are going to party. They were going to go out to restaurants. They going to do all the things within mm-hmm. the rules. And I just couldn't relate to that. I I was stressed. I, I didn't yeah. see that there was this light at the end of the tunnel. And maybe it was because we'd been in this for 12, 13 weeks. But yeah. it just didn't – it wasn't relieving. It was, if anything, more stress-inducing, more anxiety-inducing. Yeah. And it, it just – yeah, it was frustrating. I felt isolated. I didn't want to. I didn't want to live here anymore. I didn't feel like the, anyone was being held accountable for the mistakes that happened. I didn't feel like anything had had changed, and that we'd learned anything as a society. And yeah, I, I wanted to move to Queensland. I'll admit. <laughs> yeah, I I think we've all thought about it. And that's not just because I live in Melbourne and the weather's better up in. You know, I was thinking far north. Um, and not just because like the weather's better in Cairns, but just I, I couldn't, I didn't feel that sense of, you know, the, this whole idea of we're going through this together and the we're all in this together was a phrase that got said a lot by a lot of people. And I don't yeah. think we were. And I, I, no, I, definitely not. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I feel like pretending that there's unity when there isn't, isn't actually building unity. That's just going, yeah. shut up, stop <laughs> complaining, which is... I mean, you can try that all you want, but it isn't going to... The goodwill will run out eventually. So, it's... I don't think I really had a a concise point there, but I guess it just... There is (laughs) a lot of emotions, and I think it's been good to see your responses. Thank you again, dear listener. But especially because there is such a... There are people who are excited. There are people who are going, this is going to be great. There are people who are very anxious. And I think both of those things are fine. Yeah, definitely. I was like completely terrified and having conversations with my friends where I had to like fake excitement was like even more stress inducing than before because telling my friends I miss them over text and actually having to put on clothes and leave my house and pretend face to face that I was excited and happy just was like completely overwhelming and it like consumed me like I had a full-blown panic attack when the restrictions got eased like it was announced that it was eased I just sat in my room and I was like I don't want to move I don't want to move I don't want to talk to anyone I want to lay here and be sad because I don't have any more days to lay here and be sad (laughs) I don't have any more opportunities they're all gone but on the like topic of like my mental health obviously was a disaster and she's fragile. Please don't be mean to me. Um, 
well, I had someone respond saying that they can now start focusing on their mental well-being. I'm like, obviously, obviously, the mental health crisis is huge. And like, regardless of what statistics and numbers and whatever tried to tell us, I know how I was feeling and I know how a lot of my friends were feeling because we talked about it every day and we were like, hey, had seven panic attacks today. It was great. I'm vibing now. It's fine. (laughs) Don't worry about me. I think like like there's a potential benefit, which is people who didn't necessarily feel the need to seek support are now doing so. I think that's a good thing. And I think that there are little things on the edges, you know, increasing the number of uh, sessions that you can have on your mental health care plan, things like that. Really good. Um, They should never have been reduced from 20 in the first place. No, definitely not. So thanks to the Howard government for that. Um, But, you know, there are are decisions sort of on the fringes that I think are very – that are good and you know like i was talking to i was talking to a psychologist and and they were made the point of well there are kids who are going back to school now who are thriving Mm -hmm. and there are kids who are going back to school now who aren't coping because yeah that is such a sudden change particularly for, for younger kids and i think we have to kind of acknowledge that it's going to be a complete mess and that we've been through something that's really dreadful something that you can't thrive i mean if you do you know good good on you but yeah. most people most of the most likely more likely than not you you're not going to thrive you're not going to suddenly be able to write that book that you've been you know dreaming about yeah. doing because you've suddenly got all this time because you can't get to work people don't do that people sit at home in, in melbourne anyway watch the news conference in the morning or the late early mm-hmm. afternoon and then we and then we get miserable for the rest of the day yeah and then much. we stress eat and as a, as a fond fan of stress eating purely because my metabolism can count it, um, can handle it. it you know, it, it's not it's not something where you're going to thrive. And no, I think that not. what was good is the trend of, I guess, that influencer kind of thing of just, oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to relax and look after myself that we had back in March. By yeah. the time we got to June, that had died. <laughs> We'd moved yeah, on from much. that. Self-care went absolutely out the window. Like I started out quarantine. I was like, I'm going to journal every day. I'm going to get my mental health in check. I'm going to apply for psychologists, even though that is literally my biggest fear. And I hate, it always feels like a first date, like going to a psychologist for the first time is so uncomfortable. And I've tried a couple and it hasn't worked out. And I'm like, I don't want to have to go through the stress of applying again and sending a new application in and finding a new psychologist and then finding out that they don't work for me. And like going through that whole thing, I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I did. I said that at the beginning of quarantine and everything. I sent in my psychologist application last week. <laughs> That's good, what I though, do. But you, you still made, good, a, I, you made I a positive a point. Yeah, I got to a point where I was like, I keep thinking that my mental health is getting better and then it does not. And it like does this little, plays a prank on me where it will give me one good day and it's like, you feel motivated. You're going to clean the whole house. You're going to apply to seven jobs. You're going to do all of this stuff. And then the next day I'm like, my brain, my body is exhausted. I need to lay in bed and watch movies that make me sad and not feel anything. That's what I need. And uh, you will, when you go through that process, and uh, this could potentially be its own episode, but I think when you sort of go through that process, be it because of a pandemic or or anything, the the trigger is kind of besides the point, you, you learn that you can't expect yourself to operate at 100% every day. Yeah. And you, you you will eventually learn that. It might take far too long, longer than necessary, but you get that. And I'm speaking purely from experience here. <laughs> you can't expect 100% of yourself all the time anyway. 
let alone yeah. when the world is dare I say falling apart yeah, <laughs> it basically. feels like that a lot this year it I mean, definitely definitely does there's a um, Ben Folds who I absolutely adore released a song I think in June it's either June or July called 2020 and it features the the wonderful line 2020 what the actual fuck and yeah. I, I think that's <laughs> the enough. best way to sum up the year as a whole uh-huh. you know is what what have we just gone through the last question that I had and I did this as a poll would you survive the apocalypse because I I feel like we've we've described this year a lot as the end of the world yeah basically like I had a very very vivid imagery of like the videos of people who were like fighting over food and toilet paper and whatever at the beginning of the pandemic. And I had this very visual like thing of like the walking dead and like people just attacking each other and going at each other, regardless of whether you're undead or alive. Like, yeah, nice. Everyone just like absolutely being at odds with each other. And it's not even about opinions. It's like, it's like, We've started time all over again, and we're back in the in the time of like having to fight wars for land and stuff like that. Not that we don't already do that, but like as if I had to protect my own house and I had to protect my own like family and everything like that. Like yeah, right, I needed yeah. to put up a front. Like I was the leader of a group of survivalists in the zombie apocalypse, and I was like, this is dramatic but this is how everyone is acting p.s i would not survive the zombie apocalypse if there ever was a bimbo if there ever was a bimbo in a movie that died first it's me your words not mine um (laughs) what i will say no but i've always felt like i would like I've always felt like I would just grow to, you know, just you know, I'd be that character that'd be like, wow, I can't cope, and then manages to survive the film. Like he just grows yeah. into that role, and then I've gotten older and realised that's a load of shit. I just can't yeah. do it. And literally, I, I, the results reflected that, but perhaps not mm-hmm. as much as I expected. We had fifty responses in total, which is amazing. Thank you, everyone, um, for for something that we hadn't actually launched. Like that's yeah. pretty cool. Fifty-four <laughs> percent no. But 46 yes and that's a that's a that's close it's a big number because i definitely there were definitely people i know personally who answered the poll and they answered yes and i was like you can think that but i know for a fact that you're dying but <laughs> even taking aware. even taking in, into consideration the people who voted yes to take the piss because there yeah. would be some that's still quite high. Yeah, it's still <laughs> definitely a close margin like honestly the of all the people who voted yes Pretty much the only person I could say for certain I'm pretty sure would survive the apocalypse was my mom <laughs> because she is a bad bitch and she has no qualms killing people. <laughs> Let me tell you that. <laughs> my mom would beat a bitch down just for fun. <laughs> is that a like is that a particularly like Tasmanian trait that I'm not aware of? Um, it could be. It definitely could be because just I thought like this, that about this my other in, like, family. Mass <laughs> Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. But like all of my family members who answered the poll, I was like, yeah, you actually could probably survive it just from like Tasmanian instinct. They grew off of the land. Oh man, <laughs> I acting like my family is from like the 1900s and like farming their own land. <laughs> I mean, it is Tasmania, so. Exactly. We That's all got farms. <laughs> I got a farm. <laughs> Well, join us next time from Chloe's Farm as this podcast <laughs> hits to its heritage in Tasmania. Yes. Um, one final question for you, Chloe. 
is there anything that you're going to take from this pandemic? And you do, you talked about positivity before and earlier on. Is there any positivity out of this year that we can somehow take away um, <laughs> at all? That's an excellent question. I think that I try to remain positive in the sense of like knowing that I surround myself with the right kind of people. I'm not surrounding myself with people who will obviously if you have a different opinion to me that's a totally separate thing I'm not going to be like we can't be friends because we have a different opinion to me but like knowing that I had the people around me who did the right thing that was like tops that was like really the positivity of being like wow I love my friends oh guys that's that's that is that is a nice positive wholesome thing I think that's really yeah that's a good way of looking at it I don't know I uh, I've, I think that sort of I, I've made contact with people I haven't made contact with in a long time I yeah, made sure. sure I checked in on people more I think people checked in on me more um and certainly the the where they had you know good relationships with people I think they were really strengthened over this time I think that's been yeah absolutely it would just been have been nice to not have to go through it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, so when I said pick a side, I mean, are you pro? Are you for or against coronavirus? No, we're all against I'm it. I'm definitely we we definitely are against it. So on that completely unsurprising bombshell, <laughs> I think it's time to end it there. Um, this has been Chloe and Jake. We have questions um, and you have answers. Thank you very much for giving them to us. Yay. We will see you some other time on wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. <laughs>